Colin, we're here. We're doing this. We're ready. Again. Again. This is episode hashtag 1424. Yeah. Um, if you, we've, if been, you, we've been working behind the scenes. If you count all the cuts and the edits of the ones that didn't make the, right? Yeah. Uh, special topic today, special guest, and in the spirit of the topic we're going to discuss today, which is what, Colin? Uh, we're talking about artificial intelligence. Big hot topic. For a lot of people, and we're jumping into yeah. And in the spirit of that, before introducing our guests, we uh we have a special intro for today's show. Oh, powered by AI. Are you ready? I'm so ready. All right, so listen up. Welcome to the Nonprofit Renaissance, a podcast dedicated to helping nonprofit organizations go further and grow faster. The hosts of this podcast attempt to benefit nonprofit leaders by highlighting their successes and by learning from their challenges. The hosts will sometimes also attempt to be humorous. The co-host Colin attempts it by spewing puns and dad jokes that are appreciated by 13% of the audience, while the other co-host, H, is a handsome, smart, and naturally funny human being, but only in Portuguese. Please listen at your own discretion. Today's guest is none other than the principal and founder of the award-winning creative agency, Verse. He loves fine art, fine dining, and fine podcast hosts, which is why he is here today. Please welcome Justin Price. Ladies and gentlemen. Wow, thank you, guys. What wow. an intro. That Man. was great. <laughs> Felt a little biased. <laughs> hey, it's a intelligence. Little biased. It's, an, it's intelligent. It's yeah. not artificial stupidity. Oh, yeah. It was definitely artificial. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, so one thing, that's, one thing that's clear about AI as we jump into this conversation is that as machine learning and artificial intelligence does more work for humans, uh, and as the internet creates more connectivity digitally, I believe that as humans, based on how we are wired psychologically, I think that our in-person interactions become more valuable. And if they are not more valuable, they are at least more appreciated. Mm -hmm. I think that a multi-sensory experience becomes more heightened because it's scarcer, right? So it's like, I spend all day in my office. I'm talking to people all over the world. I'm a very successful, productive, efficient person. Um, but when I go and have an in-person, you know, interaction, we all could have done this podcast from our homes. Mm -hmm. uh, we all live roughly 35 minutes away from each other in a triangular pattern, and instead we met in the middle. Mm -hmm. And not for us because of Colin mainly. I want to see his face, but not for <laughs> a single second did I think, oh. That would not be worth the twenty minutes mm. for any. Like, I mean, if I was if I was paying for your time, saying like, "Hey, uh, here you go," like I would say it's totally worth it yeah. because of the in person experience and the way we're able to talk and communicate, uh, and the fact that like I don't get to do that with everybody that I work with makes it even more valuable to me with the people that I can do it with, mm, like when yeah. it is twenty minutes. And so, I think. It's it's not a story of like, hey, this is going to just take everything and that, that everything will be gone and that everything is like going this way. As we talk into what it can do, as we talk about what we're doing with it, um, and as we use technology to be better, um, I hope 
I hope that we as a agency can be focused on how we can be better as people with that margin. Mm-hmm. How can we be better dads? How can we be better husbands? How can we mm-hmm. be better sons? How can we be better daughters and wives and uh, friends? And so I, that to me is is what's at stake. You know, it's like, let's figure this out because as nonprofits, we are expending, we are fully bought in. We are spending our time and our energy trying to change the world. What is at stake here is that we're wasting time doing very inefficient things. Mm. Um, but that's kind of where I my heart that. is at. I love that, Justin, because it's you know the purpose of the why. Why margin? Why just get faster, more efficient, or better at what we do? If you don't have that purpose or that bottom line of mm-hmm. being a better human or being with people, and it's not to do more. It's not just to try to accomplish more and find yourself in a hamster wheel, but I love establishing that purpose up front because I think a lot of people get scared or miss it in that chase, of, yeah. which is not a trend, right? This is obviously artificial intelligence. You can date it back 70s, 60s. You're talking, this is old news, mm-hmm. some capacity. It's caught up to revolution now where you know we're looking at agriculture revolution. We've got the industrial revolution, the computational, those are the four, and then mm-hmm. now the AI, yeah. AI revolution. Tell us, Justin, for those resisting this. All in one century. That's insane. And and, and what's scary is what's the next century. Right. Because I think the compound effect. We've the seen, we, oh, we've yeah. seen the we've over. Seen, like the, the time between those, it just continually shrinks. It's, so I feel like tomorrow we're going to be in the new, whatever the new revolution is. Yeah. Talk, talk to those. Uh, and I love we set the purpose. So that helps already half the audience understand why are we talking about this? Is it just trend or is this is not clickbait? This is not just trying to. Uh, it's real because we're living it. It's the now. It's not yeah. just the future. And if you, from your Netflix queue using AI to your maps telling you where to go and offering suggestions, it's all artificial. You've been living it. And right. Being, right. those resisting this mm-hmm. to those kind of like fighting it or trying to, what's your advice? What's your, what's your word to them? Mm. For one is uh, I have empathy for you. Uh, because if you're not doing this full time, it's hard to even keep up. You yeah. can't keep up with who's buying who, where it's at, what tool is working, what's not. The reality is, is there's nothing so blatantly in front of you that your boss is going to fire you tomorrow because you're not using it. The problem is, is because out of the five major companies, all five of their large language models, uh, they're all getting better, you know. Every 12 weeks, almost twice as good. Mm-hmm. So that means 12, if something was like only halfway there, that means in 12 weeks it's there, which yeah. means by the time you've started implementing that into your routine or your programming or your mission uh, or any kind of systems, you know, oh, standard operating procedures, if you will, uh, for those executive pastors out there that are listening, <laughs> um, by the time you've implemented and trained, the tool will be twice as good. It'll be ready. If it's half as good as it needs to be today, it'll be ready in 12 weeks. If it's, even if it's, you know, a little ways away, but it's there and it's being worked on, it'll be there in six months. And and that timeline is even going to speed up more with the more we know, the more that we test more, and then it's going to slow down with regulation. There will be some things that'll have to recorrect. There'll have to be some, some major things, unforeseen uh, causes and things like that. So then we'll feel like we get a little bit of a breath at some point in this revolution. But for the most part, I I have empathy. Um, and I would just say, um, that like all technology, uh, there is a, 
opportunity in front of us. And if you happened to feel convicted enough to listen to this conversation, then I would encourage you to be open enough to consider how God is wanting you to use us, to be considering how we can change the world in the smallest ways within your organizations by potentially taking time away from your full-time employees or part-time employees or hourly employees, and you can give them that time back to doing the mission and less things that were necessary um, before. And that that's maybe like just a really straightforward basic mm-hmm. plea to be open enough to consider the fact that it is probably within the next 12 to 24 months going to be so easy and it ha- it'll have to change the way you do things um, that you would get fired in 24 months if you're not utilizing some of these tools because yeah. it would just be frivolous. Your boards should be looking at you and going, shame on you for not for burying your head in the sand. Right. Um, and I'm just trying to give you the warning. I'm not, yeah. that's not a threat. It's just a, th- this is where the, where the tools are actually at. And you may not know that right now. And so coming in, I hope, I hope that opens your eyes to that a little bit. And I was just reading the acceleration and the scale of this, you know, we're looking into those pioneering this, they're looking at quantum computing, Mm. which compared to traditional computing, which is what we're used to in the last, you know, 30 years, Mm -hmm. we're literally talking, I was pulling up the quote just to make sure it's, we're looking at performing a million times better quantum computing than a traditional. So when you overlap artificial intelligence with quantum computing, again, full, started on a 60 minutes article, there's a full episode on 60 minutes about quantum computing. It's incredible. And scary, right? Mm-hmm. Which brings me back, Justin, don't preach at me, but preach at me for the listeners here. Are we trying to play God here? Are we trying to play, are we trying to take control? Are we trying to, does, is, is the end pretty? Uh, how, you know, talk to that person, talk to me, talk to my mom here real quick. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about the, the worst case scenario well, person. Of- or, or we're trying to take control, right? Is that, the, is that our void we're trying to fill now with all this? Mm-hmm. And so let's get that out of the way, because obviously we have our thoughts and opinions on this, but what would you tell a listener? Yeah, I mean the reality is is what we're creating is our own god. So something if you if you say well well all knowing mm-hmm. right um all present maybe mm-hmm. um all powerful digitally mm-hmm. uh with with quantum uh if we have a digital currency um the ability to create wealth uh, you know, we've got uh, a hedge fund we work with that uses AI for trading uh, and trading digital currencies that, like, again, that is an insane amount of opportunity, yeah. power that comes with that. Healing, right? The acceleration on healing and discovering and, and helping mm-hmm. the body heal faster, better, detecting, right. preventing. So let's talk about this for a second. What is the outcome, right, of machine learning? So if you haven't if you haven't been had enough of these conversations to go, hey, is this about like being able to have a better algorithm for Netflix or is this like are you are you suggesting that like churches have like, you know, robots, you know, give sermons or are you suggesting that like nonprofits um can start to do their programming through this or or something like that or are we t- back to the metaverse? The reality is is <clears throat> There's, uh, we're really talking about artificially generated intelligence, AGI, being like the big question mark for humanity and how we control it. You know, the ethics boards that are going to control that will shape the future generations pretty drastically. And we talk about like creating our own God. 
uh, what that would look like is potentially, and, and I think there's a great quote from Elon Musk um, when he was talking potentially with the New York Times. I don't want to misquote it, but it was something along the lines of like, within two years, we'll have, we will have a machine learning base that will know more than any human. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be able to think faster, you know, and know more than any human about anything. And I think at that point, like kind of all knowing mm-hmm. aspect of God. Yeah. In essence, you're talking about like creating your own God. And with the power, uh, with digital currency, uh, with digital communications, the ability to manipulate, persuade culture, um, we already see the opportunity for some fairly large impact. Um, and so when you say, I don't know what this looks like, preach at me, you know, what does this look like? What do, what are we thinking and where is our place in all of this? Um, I think that what it means is that most likely um, 20, 30 years from now, it's it's very difficult to imagine for me. And mm. I'm a futurist. I mm. love thinking about the future, but yeah. it's very difficult for me to imagine. So let's just look at like a three-year horizon. Even that, like you're starting to encroach on like, I don't even I hard to make an educated guess. But. Well, I don't think people are people are very resistant to change. Uh, I I got my cut my teeth in the in uh creative industry twenty five years ago making logos. <laughs> I don't think there's a better like creative act you can do than <laughs> to to showcase how much people dislike change. I don't think there's hardly ever been a logo change in the history of logo changing uh in which it's people have smooth. liked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be a amazing logo. It could be really cool. It could be really great. It could function better. It could be more visible. It could be a stronger identity piece. It could be not, not trendy. It could be timeless. It could be trendy and not timeless. Any, whatever it is, uh, people just won't like it because yeah. it's changed. Yeah. And that's yeah. not a message that I think I have to convince anybody of. We hate change. Uh, as a culture, we hate change. And so I, I, there was going to be a lot of resistance along the way. And so I think the three-year horizon, we, we don't necessarily have to think as a Terminator mm-hmm. uh, right. scenario, right? That's why I, th- I go 20 to 30 years from now. I, I don't know. I fear for what my kids will grow up in. And so therefore, ethically, I, and, and maybe I just feel convicted to to be a part of uh, working on making it the best potential future it can be yeah. for those generations. Um, but I, I think for pastors, I think for uh, nonprofit leaders, I think for um, CEOs who are leading creative teams uh, and have in our creators, you know, I think that it's super important that we are part of this conversation and that we have input and we don't just leave Silicon Valley to decide the future. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I'm hopeful for, for good regulation. Um, but I also realize how money impacts that. You know, I look at the regulation on a lot of the other things that are potentially not good for our people, for human, for humans. <laughs> and I see where money impacts it. Um, and I can go like, Oh, it's not good. The food industry is a great example mm. of that. Um, and we're all victims of it. Yeah. So, that's that's kind of me preaching at you. I think um, let's bar heads. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to come forward. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> All right. So so as we're now, like we said, we're this is going to be a series. So we wanted these to be a little bit more shorter, shorter, a little bit more digestible. Uh, so so land this for us as we're talking about this. As people are maybe for the first time, they're kind of coming in and being like, they're you know they're 
opening themselves to maybe exploring. Yeah. Why is this important for people to to start looking at now? Listen, I I can't put conviction on <clears throat> anybody. All I can do is kind of share where I'm at with it. Um, I came out of a decade of uh, a lot of trauma and a lot of pain uh, with uh, with my wife on bed rest and having a chronic illness. And um, I had to learn how to optimize my life. I was raising a daughter with Down syndrome. I was trying to make sure she had the best opportunity at success in life. Um, I had to leave a full-time position um, in-house at, at a nonprofit that was going great and was very successful. Um, I started an agency from my bedroom, uh, serving lots of nonprofits um, because of that scenario. And, you know, for me, what has come out of that over the last decade has been something incredible and beautiful through all of that pain. Um, but that's my conviction is that I've gone through all of that as that chapter closed for me last year, I knew I could not waste a single second. Um, and so while I had optimized my life, I had designed everything. I figured out how to meal prep. I figured out how to exercise. I figured out how to take meetings, uh, to be efficient. I figured out how to mix my work and my play. And when I was spending time away from my family, it was going to be effective at, and check all the boxes. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and and my priorities were very clear. I knew, you know, profit, like becoming rich wasn't like the thing I was trying to do. And, uh, I knew the impact I was trying to make in the world was super, super clear. And so every minute counted. Right. And that hasn't changed for me. Those convictions haven't changed. And as a strategic thinker and as a digital strategist, I've been looking for these paths for the last 10 years uh, and, and the 10 years of, of leading creatives before that even. Where we're at today, though, is that like I feel this conviction of like I can't afford to not consider and work on where technology is evolving for me. So whether it is like my personal life, uh, in a way that I can streamline my calendars, uh, streamline my inbox, um, delete the the noise, um, change up my social media algorithm, uh, change up the way I, I share my thoughts with the world, the way I change up I, I the way that I I think as a just as a person in my personal life, um, the way I shop, the way that I invest my money. I mean, every single piece of my life, I'm going to look for those ways to optimize Mm -hmm. because I feel convicted, uh, that like I need, I need every minute to count. Um, and now that I have this, this lease that that chapter, that painful chapter is gone. I have so much, I feel so like, like life is so abundant. Um, that the expectation is exponential. I have to make something incredible, life-changing. Uh, I have no excuses left to not leave the world in an incredibly better place than, than before I had the opportunity. And so maybe there's somebody else who's thinking that maybe, uh, you know, in this conversation, there's other people who feel that conviction. I can't put that on anybody else, but you apply that now to a nonprofit, you apply that to, to a world changing brand and you go, if there is a way I need to be spending my time figuring that out to being more effective, to making a bigger impact. Um, and so for the last few years, uh, from a technology standpoint, verse started as a creative agency and all, when I think about like, a, you know, most people think about, oh, you do a, a graphic designer, you do a video, 
What we're really trying to do though is solve problems. Mm -hmm. We don't really typically sell a lot of uh, creative services. We usually solve big complex problems. Maybe there's an organization that needs a completely new branding because uh, they took a different direction. There was a moral failure in there or there was some problem with leadership and new leadership needs something to identify this new thing. Mm -hmm. And so we're solving that problem by understanding what the true identity is of that organization is. And then how do you put that into an icon or what do the what does the word mark actually look like to represent that within the community in which it sits, right? So yeah. we're problem solvers. Mm -hmm. But as creative agency grew from problem solvers that did an old school kind of thing like drawing or video editing that was linear, we now have technology and we moved into marketing that. So we said, well, it would be way more valuable if we could not only solve that problem, but we could also distribute that problem. And that's marketing. We said, well, let's get into doing email. Let's make sure that these things are happening. Let's get into managing social media. Let's make sure that the conversation goes exponential. Mm -hmm. Because if you just leave that to a staff member who's not good at that, you know, within the organization, they and, they, and you don't help them get mm -hmm. it out there, then you're what the problem you solved is very. Uh, it's not very valuable. <laughs> The yeah. solve is not worth much, but if you can now get it out to the world, the solve was worth exponentially more for what it can actually do for the organization or its mission. Now take that a step further and you go from marketing to marketing technologies to make that exponentially more valuable, to make it exponentially more efficient, to make that exponentially more meaningful with personalization and effective. You get something that's like, wow, we really got something good. And that's where we sat as an agency just two or three years ago. We said, there's marketing technology that's happening all around us. So now it's like, well, churches, organizations, they've got database, they're trying to do fundraising. Uh, they're trying to figure out, you know, all of these things with technology and they're doing almost all of it pretty poorly, but they're doing it. Like they're mm -hmm. checking the boxes, but I mean, I don't know. I'm preaching to the choir here. If I'm, if you're listening to this and you think that technology has been good, it's been a great experience. Um, you're lying to yourself because mm -hmm. uh, most people cringe at the thought of having to get into their CRM or their, their database management and try to pull a report <laughs> and Trust the report. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. But Verse has been solving these problems for the last couple of years. What we're going to talk about in the rest of this series is how we can start applying this today mm -hmm. to free up full-time employees to do the thing that's going to actually mission uh, drive the mission. It's going to, to stop wasting our time in bad technology and systems, and we're going to finally move technology over this hump to the point where the machine learning eliminates a lot of the problems. It can it can do the math, it can double check, it can error proof our it, our our human errors and it can allow us to just be more human. It can allow us to be more personable with the people in the mission that we're trying to 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 work through and solve. And so as an agency, that's been our transformational story. Yeah. Uh, how we use it at work um, and how we use it for the clients as we integrate a lot of these tools in for our clients. That's, you know, that's the exciting thing is because we're freeing up and we're allowing now all of that marketing technology to be two, three, four, five times more efficient and more powerful and have broader reach uh, yeah. with less time and expenses because we just, we don't have more time and expenses. Yeah. 
Justin, we're, we're going to land it there for yeah. this one. Uh, we hope this challenges you. We hope this helps you go further, grow faster, and and stay tuned. We'll be talking about the impact on nonprofits and how uh, the fundraising sector, ethical considerations. We'll be talking about uh, community and volunteer engagement or management and how this can all help you go further and grow faster. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Justin. Thank you, guys. This is great. Thanks again for listening to The Nonprofit Renaissance. We hope it ignites a renaissance in you and helps you go further and grow faster. Be sure to share, rate, and subscribe. And if you'd like to recommend or be a guest on our show, send us an email at podcast at versecreative.com. Thank you.